Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So we are in uh, the fourth week of our series, Running with Giants. And uh, last week we heard Pastor Aaron talk about Jonah and how we can learn from his bad choices. And this week we're going to look at the life of Elisha. So today we're going to talk about if Elisha was able to come out of the stands and walk with us for a time, uh, what, what words would he have for us? What encouragement would he have for us? So I think the goal of this entire series is that we uh, not only learn more about these stories in the Bible, but that we are encouraged in our own journey, in our own walk, walk with God. So, and these great giants of the faith, uh, they all have lessons to teach us. This entire series is uh, based on the uh, scripture in uh, Hebrews 12.1 that says, I love how this says, therefore, this is a continuation of uh, a lot of information that we were given about different heroes of faith, different giants, uh, great giants of the faith and their life lessons. And it says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I also love that this says that that these witnesses, they not only finished their race, but they are surrounding us. They are encouraging us. And uh, again, this this scripture says to throw off. It tells us that it's hard. It's not easy. Uh, the race isn't easy, so we need to throw off those things that can easily entangle us. So what would it be like if these uh, giants of the faith could come out of the stands, they could run with us, walk with us for a moment in our journey? Uh, if you know about Elisha, we read in the Old Testament that uh, Elijah was Elisha's mentor. And I think it's ironic that, that I'm here talking about this mentorship relationship because I feel as though your pastor, Aaron, uh, has is sort of become my mentor through this. As you know, uh, Simple Church has it just celebrated, I think, four years. Is that right? And so uh, we are in a place where Pastor Aaron is able to mentor me and, to, and Simple Church is also helping us with our team and all the things that we need to learn and be prepared. So um, I think this is a, this is a great, uh, great uh, time for a great subject matter for, for me to present. So if you know about Elijah in the Old Testament, Elijah was a great prophet. He confronted evil. He confronted the prophets of Baal. He went straight to heaven. He never experienced death. And so Elijah went from this earth in a chariot of fire and disappeared. So we know that Elijah, who was Elisha's mentor, was a really important person uh, in, in the Scripture and, and for the kingdom. He saw 14 uh, miracles happen. We, we see 14 recorded miracles in the life of Elijah. Elijah also shows up in the New Testament, which is interesting. 
There's a time in the New Testament, and, and this is one of those places in the Bible, I, th- I think there's just, if you read the Bible, there are just some crazy situations that I think sometimes we, we breeze through. But there was a time when Jesus took a few of his disciples up onto a mountain, and Jesus turned into uh, his glorious form and was met at the top of this mountain by Moses and Elijah. And if you read the story, the disciples just didn't get it. Uh, they quite honestly, uh, I mean, I've, I've heard of people saying they, they're drunk in the spirit, but to me, when I read the scripture, it seems like the disciples were high as a kite. Uh, you know, it was like Cheech and Chong, okay? They were like, man, let's build a tent for Jesus and one for Elijah too. And, and I, I apologize, it probably ruined this whole passage for you for the rest of your life. But uh, to me, it's like one of those crazy places where you read something in the Bible that just, you have to laugh at it. So Elijah also uh, in the New Testament, uh, there, there's a passage in the book of Revelation that says that two witnesses will come back in the end times. And many people be- believe that Moses and Elijah are those two prophets that will come back in the end times and show up. So you might be saying, well, Elijah's great. Why aren't we talking about Elijah today? Because, you know, some of these stories are just great. But I think that Elisha is probably someone that we can better relate to. I know it's somebody that I can better relate to. You see, Elisha spent most of his life wondering, is my life ever going to count Elisha's job was that he was steering two oxen day in and day out. And I'd like to give you a visual of that if I can. And so, as you can see here, uh, Elisha was following two oxen day in and day out. If you can imagine what that view looks like and what oxen would be producing in front of you, all right? I mean, Elisha had a crappy job, okay? He was really behind it, all right? There, I mean, Elisha and, and the things that he experienced in that place, uh, I'm sure he wondered, will my life ever count? So I think some of us can probably really realize, some of you say, yeah, that's what I feel like every day in my job. That's what I feel like throughout the week. Um, I feel like I'm standing behind two oxen and smelling the smell and putting up with the view uh, every single day. I think, I think most of us probably don't see ourselves correctly in the kingdom. I think most of us probably don't see ourselves. I know for me, sometimes I don't see myself the way that, that God sees me. I certainly don't feel like uh, I've done anything to achieve any, anything that, that I'm doing in my life, but I think that um, Elisha felt the same way, but we're going to see here shortly that Elisha experienced two times the miracles in his life that Elijah did. Elijah, we have recorded 14 miracles that happened. These are Old Testament miracles, and Elisha saw twice as many in his life. And so you may ask yourself, how do I get 
from this place in my life to greatness with God? How does this happen for me? And I think if Elisha were here, if Elisha would, had a chance to be here, we're going we're to look at all the different things that I believe he would say to us. But I think that first and foremost, we need to give our best. I think we need to give our best. We need to give our best because God is watching. First of all, we need to give our best in obscurity, and God will reward it. So we see in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elisha was out doing his thing. He was out in the field. He was plowing. We see here that he had 12 teams of oxen in the field, which tells us that Elisha wasn't poor by any stretch. Elisha was wealthy. He was leading the 12th team. And we see here that Elijah, who had been witnessing this, went over to Elisha and he threw his cloak over his shoulders. And back in those times, uh, this would be the same as you've gone through the interview process. I see you. I see what you're doing and you are hired. So this was a, that, that was the significance of this event is Elijah was saying, you're with me now. And what an honor to be uh, to, be, to have Elijah as your mentor. And so, again, give your best in obscurity, and God will reward it. We see in Matthew 6, 4, we read this. Your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. I think about probably six years ago, um, I started to get serious about my faith. I joined a joined the same parent church that we're affiliated with now. And I went there, and I had some experience playing an instrument. I, had, I, I really could see myself, you know, leading worship, being on stage. And, and I did a little bit of that, but, um, you know, that, that place on the front of the stage leading worship, that never happened at that church. And um, I think that's, that was probably in my mind that someday that would happen. But what I learned was, that I had a different strength. And what I learned that was that I had an ear for what was happening in the sanctuary, and I started to get interested in running the soundboard, and I started to explore that. And quite honestly, we talk about obscurity, and nobody really notices the sound guy until, until the intro video doesn't have audio, right? Isn't that how it happens? <laughs> so, so why don't we just wave at the sound guy and just, just thank Josh back there, if you could just turn around. And if you see him after, please, uh, please you know, embarrass him and tell him he did a great job and, and everything sounded wonderful, because he really, he really does do an amazing job. So appreciate you, Josh. So what happened with me in that, in that situation is I, I didn't understand the soundboard. This is this new digital technology with parametrical equalizers and submixes. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that was me too. And so I took my time and I read through this big, thick manual, and I was passionate about making it sound right. I was passionate about figuring out every little nuance about our sound. I wanted the worship team to sound perfect. I wanted the pastor to sound perfect. And over the course of time, people began to notice 
um, the pastor began to notice. The people in charge of all of it began to notice, and they came to me, and they said, man, I, I don't know what you're doing, but here's what we'd like. We'd like for you to, to be over our sound department. We'd like for you to train other people and raise them up to do what you're doing because we notice. And so, again, give your best in obscurity, and God will reward it. How about this next point? Give your best in small things, and God will give you bigger things to do. Part of my testimony just about two years ago, um, you know, I, w- I was leading the sound, the sound group over there, and uh, we, were, we really ha- had made a difference in, in the building, the different buildings that we were in at the time, and something began to happen in my life. I had went through a really difficult time, um, and I just felt like God was telling me that I needed to volunteer at a homeless shelter, which in in that context, made no sense to me. And this isn't me. This isn't what I do. This isn't anything I have any interest in. Quite honestly, even as the sound guy, I was socially awkward. I had no interest in having relationships with anybody. I just wanted it to sound good. I just wanted to fix it. And so this calling was probably delayed in my life for for a few years. Um, But I went ahead and finally, you know, delayed obedience I went and I did it. I started volunteering at a homeless shelter, and then over the course of time, I, I found that I was surrounded by some friends that really wanted to make an impact in our homeless community in Columbus, and at the time in Lancaster as well. So we got together as a group. It was, um, it was probably about, I don't know, August, September time, and we just had this idea. We just, we wanted to uh, have an event for the homeless. We wanted to provide them uh, with all of the needs that they needed, whether that be propane or clothing or coats. Um, it was starting to get cold. And so, you know, we came together. We had no idea on earth what we were doing. Um, we came together in a meeting. We said, what are we going to do? Somebody said, let's give them Christmas. And okay, uh, where are we going to do it? And someone said, well, we should, we should do it on the street. Where the, where the homeless people are. We should give them Christmas. And we said, okay, well, what are we going to call it? And someone said, um, Christmas on the street? And so uh, over the, pa- the course of the past two years, we've held this event. This year, we'll, we'll hold our third annual Christmas on the street event. And um, Simple Church, had, had, they have partnered with us for the past two years. But we have provided hundreds, hundreds of homeless uh, people experiencing homeless, homelessness. We've provided them with a meal. We've provided them with a worship experience. They got to hear this, the Simple Church uh, worship team and, and heard a message. And also, they, we provided them with donations that we received, whether that's blankets or coats or tents or propane and, and all of those things that the homeless need. So, this for me, uh, again, give your best in small things, and God will give you bigger things to do. God cares about the details. Let's look at 1 Kings 19.21. So Elisha returned to his oxen, and he slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. Then he went to Elisha, Elijah sorry, 
as his assistant. Now, we know that in these Bible times, what, what did that mean to be an assistant? Elisha, this wealthy man who had 12, you know, 12 teams of oxen, um, now becomes the assistant of Elijah, responsible for things like washing his hands, okay? This, this was a step back. This was like a career step back for Elisha. But again, whoever can be trusted with very little, um, Elisha is, is definitely an example of that. He went back to doing something as menial as washing Elijah's hands before he ate. So again, give your best in small things, and God will give you bigger things to do. Here's another one. Give your best in the natural, and God will do the supernatural. Let's look at 2 Kings 2. It says, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken away? And Elisha said this, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah said, you have asked a difficult thing. Yet, if you see me, when again, he was taken away in a chariot. He never experienced death. He never died on planet earth. Um, he says, if you see me when I'm taken away in this chariot, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will be not. It will not be. All Elisha had to do is ask. I think um, asking doesn't require any ability. It doesn't even require a relationship with God. I think our relationship with the Lord starts with asking. Um, we can all ask, any one of us. How many of us have stopped asking for big things in the kingdom or even in our own lives? How many of us have stopped? How many of us are insulting God with our small thinking? So again, give your best in the natural, and God will do the supernatural. Let's look at John chapter 14. We read here, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And it doesn't stop there. He says, and they will even do greater things than these because I go to the Father. And then a minute later, it says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's the promise that we have. So what, what other words of encouragement would Elisha have for us? If he could come out of the stands, if he could run with us, if he could walk with us. I think one thing that he would say is to, for us to learn how to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. I believe that when you are close to God, He will speak to you. I believe that when you are close to God, He will speak to you. One of Elisha's stories, one of the 28 miracles that were recorded was a story of a battle that was happening, and there were three kings, uh, the king of Israel, Judah, and Edom, and they set out to conquer the king of Moab, but there was a problem. They ran out of water. They had no water to continue the battle. And, you know, one, maybe, maybe some of you have experienced this, but one guy said, you know, isn't there a man of God somewhere? How many of us have experienced that? Doesn't your cousin go to church? Could they maybe pray for me? Anybody experienced that in your life? 
And, uh, you know, again, we don't, we don't send them away, right? We, uh, we take every one of those opportunities. But Elisha's uh, response was, we see in 2 Kings 3.15, he says, but now bring me a harpist. Bring me a harpist. Elisha was saying, bring me Kelly Spicer and the Simple Church worship team, right? Bring me, I need to turn on my Pandora with the good Bluetooth speaker, right? I need to get in the presence of God. At least that's, that's how it is uh, for me. And so he knew that the only hope of helping them was to get closer to God. And the way that he, he could get closer to God was in worship. I think we can learn how to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. I think uh, you may be thinking, well, I've never heard God talk to me. Well, I'm going to say, have you ever had a dream? Have you ever had an idea? Because I believe that that's how God talks. That's how God talks to us. For me, every dream... Uh, every idea that I've had has come during a time, whether that was to volunteer at a homeless shelter, uh, whether that was to, to start this movement, this Christmas on the street, and, and all of the other things that we're doing, uh, all of those things happened in a time of closeness with God in my life. So I would say that we do. We need to learn how to cultivate the presence of God in our lives. Or how about this? At some point, you have to wake up and do something. Today is uh, week three of the growth track here at Simple Church. And if you're not familiar with growth track, it is we ask that you give four weeks of your time at a, during the 11 o'clock service. And there's a meeting back here in the conference room. And we walk through what a relationship with the Lord looks like. We walk through what Today's an exciting day because uh, there, there are some tests, there are some questions that you're asked, and we, uh, some people go through their entire life and not know what their purpose is. They don't know in what way they are supposed to serve the kingdom. What's interesting about today is we do a disc, a disc assessment, we find out your personality type, we find out your giftings, and then... Week four, which should be next week, is just the culmination. It all comes together, and there's a one-on-one -on -one conversation about what your role in God's kingdom looks like. In what way can you serve that fits you? So that's an exciting way that we can wake up and do something in the kingdom. We, as City of Love Columbus, we also have opportunities. If, if anybody would like to come and get involved with us, um, we're serving at Stowe Mission. We feed, last time I think we, we gave out about 200 to 220 plates of food at Stowe Mission. We volunteer with Feed My Sheep over in the hilltop area, and we have a, uh, there's a worship service for people that are underprivileged or, or experiencing homelessness, they come and we feed them, we spend time with them, uh, we give them take-home bags of food, but they also have a church service during that time. Risen Sun Outreach, uh, they, we go out with them every month, the second Saturday of the month. We actually go into the homeless camps, we bring them supplies, and we spend time with them, we pray with them, and we give them what they need. So if you're interested in any of those areas, you can see me after, or you can see one of our, our teammates, and we can get you plugged in. 
But we see here in 2 Kings 3.16, Elisha tells them, okay, we're in this water crisis, right? We don't have any water, so we can't continue the battle. Elisha says, this is what the Lord says, make a valley full of ditches. At some point, you have to wake up and do something. Dream, our dreams have to go from inspiration to participation, I believe. And we see in, in the New Testament, in James 2, that faith by itself, if it's not accompanied with action, is dead. Lastly, this is the last point that I believe Elisha would, uh, would give to us and, and encourage us in our walk. We see in 2 Kings, for this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water and you and your cattle and the other animals will drink. He also throws in, this is an easy thing for the Lord, right? Oh, and by the way, this battle with Moab, that's, that's a done deal too. And so our last point here, don't base your life on the seen, but on the unseen. I believe that sometimes we, get, we don't get to see exactly what God is doing. We don't get to see it, but that doesn't mean that He's not doing it. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you don't get to see what God is doing, but that doesn't mean he's not doing it. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, we read, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen is eternal. So maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, my life uh, my life feels a lot like Elisha. I feel like Monday through Friday, um, you know, I feel like God doesn't see what I'm doing. I just, I'd like to, I'd like to pray for you right now. If we can, can we have someone come up and, thanks, Chris. So maybe you're in that place. I'd like to pray for you right now. Father, we just... We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you see us in our obscurity. We thank you for your promise that if we are faithful in little, that you will give us more. I pray that you would just reveal to us what obedience looks like in our lives, that you would just give us the courage to do that. You would give us the courage to to follow through, to seek out what your plan is for our lives and allow us to follow through with that plan. Secondly, maybe you're here today and um, you don't know what a relationship with God looks like. You don't know what a relationship with Jesus looks like. Um, I'd like to pray for you as well. And you at your seat and me up here, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but if God is moving right now with you, if you could just raise your hand. Is there anybody here that would like to pray that prayer? Thank you. See your hand. 
Just pray this prayer with me. God, I come to you now just as I am. I come to you right now with my mess. As a sinner in need of your salvation, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he came here and died to pay the price for me and rose again three days later. Today, I put you on the throne of my life as my Lord. I will live for you as you show me how. Amen.